You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is sponsored by Twisties. Twisties is the ultimate lesbian glamour erotica website. It is the website that I have shot for the longest. I have produced some of my best content for them, and they are definitely your go-to place for beautifully shot, believable scenes between the hottest industry stars of today. So many of my guests that you've heard on the show, I have shot for Twisties. And so if you want to look up any of my guests' girl-girl work, twisties.com is the place to go. Their Twisties treat of the month is the most carefully curated solo scenes and girl-girl scenes that showcase the best and the brightest in the porn industry. So make sure that you support my show by supporting my sponsors. And please, go and visit twisties.com. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer, Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. I'm so excited to have somebody here who I haven't seen in a long time. He is one of my favorite male performers to work with. He is one of the top male porn stars. He's performed in more than 2,000 scenes, is an AVN Award winner and an Expedis Award winner. He's known for his parodies and his Clark Kent good looks. Let's welcome to the show Ryan Driller. Oh, you're make me blush so much. Oh, good, that's my intention. Yeah. I start. I start at the beginning. I build you up, and then I like slowly break you down. <laughs> and then we're just gonna chisel you down, take you out for the knees. They're new. Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I haven't seen. So I remember when you told me that you were gonna be out for a while because you needed knee surgery, and I was like devastated because the women in the industry are very important, of course, but like the guys, like we need you, we need solid male performers that are good looking, have a good body, um, aren't creepy, aren't weird and can remember their lines. And you were all of those things. And then you left, which is so fun. Cause even when I got in, all of those things were why they couldn't cast me in so many various things. Really? Yeah. In 08, that was hard to like pitch. I had to be taken advantage of because it was too realistic and at the time, I mean, that was the days of like, like everybody kind of looked a little bit like a troll <laughs> so that everybody watching porn could either totally remove them or be like, well, if he can get the girl, then I can get the girl. Ah, so you were too distracted. Your good looks were too distracting. Yeah, it was the guy as it was pitched me. It's like if I walked into the bar and random guy and I were going after the same girl, not obviously, but in his mind, obviously I was getting the girl. So really? they couldn't they couldn't really get behind it. So like. Yeah, I had to. It was a lot of MILF stuff, and it was a lot of like, Ryan, you did not clean the pool enough. You're going to have to work this off. Yeah. So, were you like cast as a submissive? Not a submissive, but like in a more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like I said, it's like I didn't make the first move. I was very much so kind of taken advantage of. Right. Very, you know, it was the stepbrother or the stepson and the like I said, the, the pool boy or whoever that just wasn't doing yeah. right. Have you transitioned to stepfather yet or are you still in the stepson range? Oh, no, I've definitely been. I've been playing stepfather and teacher and everything for years. Like, okay. Yeah. So you because like there's that one point where you're like, OK, this person cannot no longer realistically be the stepson unless you're Robbie Echo and then you can be the stepson forever. Right. Oh, him, <laughs> he Tyler Nixon, young. a couple. Oh, of yeah. Tyler like, Nixon will be a stepson <laughs> forever. You will right. never be the stepdad. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I always laughed when they tried to make me the stepson or the college kid or whatever, because like I've looked like this since I was like 
17, 18. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, there's more gray in the beard, but like. I was going to say, you look exactly the same. Oh, yeah. No, there's a picture. Oh, I, <laughs> I'll be posting because I turned 40 in like two weeks. And I've got a picture that I took 10 years ago when I was back in Colorado, which I was just in Colorado last week. And I'm like mowing the lawn and I sent a picture to my now wife. And I was like, we should start. If we keep talking about various things. Like we'll start a lawn mowing business with just Greek Adonis guys. Yeah. That just mow your lawn and make you lemonade or whatever. Yeah. Probably side hustle or something. But, right. <laughs> but uh, it was one of those kind of like, even my wife pulled up, she's just like, you look the same as when we started 10 years ago. And then she was looking at like my high school senior photo. And I was like, that's why I never had a fake ID. Yeah. It just. That's crazy. So I've always looked older, but. She's not complaining. No. Obviously. No. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah. How do you like, how do you, do you, do you drink a lot of water? Is that, is I that drink, the secret? I, I drink a lot of water. I should look like I'm 90 because for 10 years I lived in the Keys, chain smoking Marlboro Reds on a boat. Really? I refused to wear sunscreen, even though I like beat it into the kids that were at my camp head. It was like, wear sunscreen, drink water, wear shoes. And yeah, like a Packer five a day of Marlboro Reds. So you're just Reds. one of those fucking assholes that just has great genes. You're like the J-Lo of men. Apparently. Like J-Lo looks exactly the same when she's 50. Yeah, yeah, apparently. I mean, now I'm on a two handfuls, like 40 vitamins a day. Mm-hmm. And it's the, like the wife's got me doing that one. Yeah. But I drink a ton of water. I stopped drinking sodas in like high school. Unless mm-hmm. it's with like rum. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's really about it. So so you kind of glazed over the boys in your camp. So for those of you who don't know, Ryan Driller was a Boy Scout leader, which I don't know why I find that so hilarious. So many do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that transition from like Boy Scout leader, because a Boy Scout is, you know, we usually use that term as somebody who's like, perfect and follows all the rules and is like on the straight and narrow and doesn't end up in the porn industry. And then you hang out with the boy scouts. So my camp was co-ed cause it was 14 and up. Um, uh-huh. one of the venture programs they called it. Right. Uh, so there were 75 staff members with me working at this thing, co-ed, uh, just outside Key West. So yeah, from seven in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, we were Johnny boy scout. You didn't hear us cuss. We didn't talk about anything that wouldn't be in a G rated like Disney cartoon. And at 10.05, there was a parade of cars that went down to the bars. We closed down the bars every night. We found island fantasies, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> or we were the island fantasy. Um, I mean, on my 21st, well, the day before my 21st birthday, we drank the bar out of beer. Wow. Branded ourselves with cigarettes because it was a smart idea. It was the mark of our, oh my God. our camp. And then I actually got my tattoo the next day. We took the camp school bus to the tattoo parlor. <laughs> After going to the bar on my 21st birthday, tattooed the island that I ran on my ankle with our uh, kind of like our little logo. And Do you still have that tattoo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh it fucks with so many people. Like I regularly get a text message. I was just at a wedding for one of my guys in, in yeah. Estes Park. And a couple of guys were just like, you, I can't watch porn anymore. <laughs> and even when I think I'm safe because there's no face in it. That tattoo shows up. <laughs> and they know it's you. are like, ah! Yeah. I know so. that feeling. I'm the same. That's why I, I don't honestly really ever watch porn just because I'm so jaded. But ever if I get the inkling to, I'm, it's got to be people I don't know. Right. And I've totally had that situation where I'm watching a scene. I'm like, okay, this looks hot. I don't know this girl. Da, 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 da. You don't see the guy's face. And then like the guy's face comes in. And it's like fucking Ryan McLean. I'm like, God fucking damn it. I'm right. like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I can't like this. This isn't working. Yeah. 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 So anime all the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, <the> German <laughs> seems to be pretty safe. Yeah. So how did you get into the adult industry? How did you go from boy scout leader to swanky porn star? Um, I always say just one day walking down the street, blind shown from the mountain, highlighted my crotch. And there was a voice that just said, <laughs> you should be in film. <laughs> Put that on camera. It was uh, a calling from a, the Lord above. <laughs> it was a calling. It was, it was a weird situation. Um, so I left the camp and I say we're retired. Mm-hmm. It needed new blood. I needed to change and, mm-hmm. and get out. Um, broke up with the girlfriend that I moved from the camp to Colorado mm-hmm. and, went south 
real fast. So I kind of went back to my old man whore ways mm -hmm. and had three random hookups that were like that you should be doing that on film. Really? Which I was like, that's a weird thing to say, but oddly something I always say, I think every boy has thought about. Yeah. Like watching it, just like, I want to do that. I would do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Trust me from the DMs that flood uh, oh, yeah. my fucking social media platforms. Uh, my, every guy. I, I probably have three emails this morning that were like, help me get into the industry. I'm yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not even responding. Like, yeah. Not even reading. Yeah. Um, I would say the only semi practice I had was at that camp. There wasn't really any privacy. So you kind of had to like find a random place to go hook up with my girlfriend or I was on the beach with mm -hmm. whatever girl I picked up at the bar that night. Um, so there probably could have been an audience or at least I had to be not worried about it. Mm -hmm. and you couldn't then, be shy. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't really be shy. Yeah. So when I left the camp, the, one of the things I definitely noticed was I'm always way more successful doing what I want to do, mm -hmm. what I enjoy doing. And being from Littleton, Colorado, everyone was like, you have to go to college. You have to get that nine to five job, the 2.4 kids, white picket fence, that whole thing. And I was never that person to begin with. Mm -hmm. The camp was an example of that. So I was like, well, I've always thought about it. It's weird that these three random girls all told me I should be doing that. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do right now anyway. Maybe we'll look into it. We'll see if it's even a possibility. I doubt everything anything is going to work like mm -hmm. that's this probably not going to happen mm -hmm. so i started looking up on craigslist i mean i started like googling everything and i'm like reaching out sending out stuff to hustler and naughty america and vivid and and those ones that i recognize the name to but yeah it was like a craigslist ad that i responded to so did not did those those bigger brands never got back to you no okay no but i'm sure because i was like one of the dms and emails and everything you know yeah. just talking about. did you send a picture of yourself I did, and funny enough, I, the one I sent to Naughty America um, went to, I'm sure the statute of limitations, everything should be done with this now, but Naughty Laura D used to be the executive producer mm -hmm. there. And I sent it to her with whatever it was, to probably some a little bit cheesy, like I've got, I'm insatiable, so like I've got an insatiable appetite for sex. I'm always horny. Quickie is not in my vocabulary, so I'm sure that at least should be good mm -hmm. if you want to take a chance. And I guess I emailed her right before she had a big party because she liked what she read and saw, was intrigued by it. But she used to throw these extravagant parties, and I think mm -hmm. it was like her 80s party in mm -hmm. San Diego that weekend. So the email got lost. I ended up running into her like in an event in New York once, and we kind of started dating for like two and a half years. Oh. It was right as she left Naughty America. Okay. But she hooked me up with Lisa Ann and her agency. Uh-huh. They gave me a shot with Naughty at that time, even though I'd already been performing it out here. And then she, like, found that email buried from years before. And she was like, oh, my God, I was going to reach out to you. Wow. That was before I had officially the Ryan Driller name. Right, right. So okay. So it was, like, so coming from my real email, real email yeah, address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, so none of them had really gotten back. And I, I just responded to, like, Craigslist ads and... Some of them were creepy, weird, I'm sure, terrible ones, and other ones were going directions I wasn't down with. And then, right, I mean, that was that was one of the not one of the first ones, but like I responded to one where I showed up at a guy's house and was shooting straight scenes in Denver. Mm -hmm. And then there was a um, like a talent scout, and I went in and met with him. He's like, Yeah, and I got guys that work for Naughty America and for Hustler and all this. He's like, But the real money's in gay porn, and this is where you get your start. I was like, well, I'm not gay. And I've, I've been a swimmer. I've been around guys. Like, I've lived in Key West. I've had opportunities. Yeah. It's, it, I'm not wired that way. Yeah. And he was like, you don't understand. They have DVDs playing everywhere. They give you Viagra, all that. And I was like, okay, still not wired that way. Still don't buy it. Yeah. Let me chill. So I chilled for like seven months. And I kept responding to other ads and, and reaching out. But at the same time, because he had shown me a handful of these guys, and said, this is where you get your start. I actually did jump onto a couple of the tube sites at the time. I don't uh -huh. know if Pornhub was actually around. Okay. But whatever it was, I went through a couple of them and I picked like 15 guys that I saw regularly on there. Uh-huh. And I just kept going down what I could find in their 
history in their catalog. Okay. And of that, about a dozen of them did trace back to various gay porn sites. Mm -hmm. Maybe just a solo or Mm -hmm. maybe receiving a blowjob or a massage, but they did track back to those sites. And I was like, there's still the other three that didn't. So we're just going to keep going on. And then that talent scout got back to me. He was like, okay, here's the deal. There's a company in San Francisco. They shoot in Napa, fly out for a week. They're offering, they want one solo, one receive a massage, and one receive a blowjob. Mm-hmm. And the pay is seven grand. That's a lot. It's a lot. And I was like, dude, I can barely come from a blowjob to begin with. I'm not wired that way. He was like, yeah. just. They'll give you the Viagra or Cialis when you walk on set. They're very versed to it. Not to mention there's this magic thing called editing. Yeah. So as long as you can get hard for the 20 minutes they need, you can finish off yourself and then we'll just edit it in. It was yeah. Like, I don't know, but we'll give it a shot. Okay. So I went out. I shot. I did remarkably well. Ended up picking up a top scene and... I guess you kind of say the history kind of built itself because they kept flying me out. Shishi LaRue caught on to me. She put me on her exclusive contract. So I was a top only for like a year Mm -hmm. making stupid money Mm -hmm. per scene. Right. Like I had a vivid girl just like, fuck you, dude. And I was like, (laughs) all right, but I only shoot six scenes a year. Yeah. Like that's my contract. I'm like, yes, I have medical, dental. They put me on parade floats and I get... They give you medical and and dental insurance? Yeah, because it was full-time. Like It was a monthly wow. stipend that came. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's like, here's your six scenes divided up over 12 months. You're kind of on call. Yeah. Um, we'll obviously pay you more if you come in for the live shows. And then mm-hmm. we're also going to kind of send you out for, like, the pride parades all around the country. Um, we got you this. We're going to be, like, the face of Swiss Navy Lube. And then doing, like, feature dancing gigs. Mm-hmm. It was like straight white boy. I looked like a monkey fucking a coconut. Trying to dance. <laughs> and they were like, as long as you just rub yourself and stand up on that box, like you're good. Like nobody cares. You can do no wrong. And I was like, <sighs> dude, I can't tell you how words. many like brand new girls that I've had to shoot a strip tease with who are like, I can't dance. I'm like, just sway your hips and rub yourself. Like, right. That's just, oh, just do that. My favorite clubs are the ones that had like a shower waterfall. Cause I could just stand under that. Just like I was giving myself a shower. <laughs> I got in trouble at one club because I never got up on a box to dance. <laughs> and I didn't have to like strip. Like I just mm-hmm. came out in underwear or wore like a bandana right. tied around or whatever. Right. But um, yeah, one of the bartenders or bar managers came up and he was just like, you haven't gotten up there and dance. We need you. Da, da, da. And I was just like, okay, you've got four guys here tonight. I haven't paid for one drink and I've made sure to bring up like your customers to buy me drinks mm-hmm. as opposed to just getting the free ones like the mm-hmm. other guys are getting. I'm like, your local boys are kind of pissed that there's a couple of us porn people here because we kind of steal their thunder. Mm-hmm. So you're paying me a stupid amount to be here for the night. Everybody that asked for one of like the, the private dancers, lap dancers, whatever, it's like, I hand it off to one of your local boys. They go into the back. I'm like, these guys are buying the drinks. It's like, I'm not dancing, but I am hosting this whole party. It's like, everybody's having fun. And he was like, I'm like, your bartender's making money because they're not giving out free drinks to me and the other three guys. Yeah. These guys are all having fun with all the guys that are here. We're actually having time to hang out and talk. I was like, and I'm and they're like, oh, okay, we kind of dig that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nobody wants to watch me dance. <laughs> 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 so we're good. Um, but the other Craigslist ads I answered that that were for straight were like American Bukaki. And fuck mm, a fan yeah for, for bang bros yeah and those things they'd be up for like 30 seconds because 100 guys would like apply to them and, and they'd <laughs> slip in but uh but porno dan and jim powers they they responded they got me in. i remember walking into the bukkake and they were like "Ooh, no 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 <laughs> like really they were like no no i mean we're glad you get hard and you, you did that but don't ever no but we're gonna bring you for the fuck a fan we're gonna bring you in for our playboy tv stuff for our mm-hmm. club jenna stuff we're gonna cheat you on on mm-hmm. all this stuff. They're you were like, too good for Bukaki. Yeah. They were Is like, that what they were trying to say? They were like, yeah, they're like, yeah, there's you. And then there's all the guys you kind of expect to be hanging out in this alley that we're at anyway. Can you explain to our listeners? Cause not everybody knows the porn lingo. What a Bukaki is. 
So the Bukaki, the ones, the American Bukaki in particular, was they got 50 random guys off Craigslist that all had to go to, uh, what was it, AIM at the time? Yeah, AIM. AIM testing. Um, get their STD test. Get their STD test. And they all jerked off onto one girl's face. Mm-hmm. And um, the girl essentially did like a strip tease, and she was right there in the center. And I think a couple of the guys had been approved for her to blow right for a minute or two to kind of give a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it was, well, I guess there was actually more than 50 guys, but the first 50 guys to pop were the ones that got paid. <laughs> oh, oh, so there's a contest. There's kind of there's, a contest. Wow. Because okay. some of these guys yeah, couldn't get hard. No, some you're of right. them couldn't You'll be come. sitting I mean, there forever if you wait for like the last... Oh my God, somebody should do a movie called like The Last Bukaki Guy. And it's Which just was like pretty much me. If you remember some of my early days, even with you, like it took me forever to come. Like I don't remember. Oh, oh, like I, I, I mean, it could have just been in my head. It was this like, I feel so bad. This taking forever. I know everybody just wants to be done with the day. Yeah, I don't remember that. But yeah, it, um, I think I was guy number like 48, 47. Oh, wow. So you just made the cutoff. Just made the cutoff. But oh they were like, you're hard. You can do this. And at least you were hard the whole time. Like you had no problem with that. Yeah. Um, but no, you should be actually performing, not just yeah. jerking off with half of these guys are in masks. Not that anybody's looking at their face anyway. But yeah. Don't they like cut their face off anyhow? A lot of them. Yeah. But if they pan through the crowd. Yeah. You can kind of see it. So. And they're all wearing shoes. Oh, they're all wearing. Oh, well. You got to wear shoes, right? Because there's like a lot. Who's to clean up after that? That's my question. You know, some PA. Like what sad, sad PA has to clean up all that come from 50 guys? And they better have a shower on set. Do they have a shower on set? Please tell me they have a shower on set. It was the one over right next to the airport. Why can't I think of the name of it? But it was the one with the, the guy with the sword. The guy with the... Was that the place that got... Belgene or something not that wasn't the place that got burned down right and the guy got killed uh, no I mean it was the the guy with the sword that killed a guy there and then there was the standoff on the cliff face that wasn't the guy with the wolf dog I don't remember there ever being a dog okay. there I just okay. remember being kind of like a really beat up warehouse right next to Van Nuys airport so um, no shower there might have been like one shower Okay, because I'm just thinking that the poor girl, like, yeah. after taking a load from 50 guys, like, you, I think she at least, yeah, she got, baby wipes are not going to do the job. No, <laughs> gotta give that girl a no, shower. No, yeah, like you really, I gotta consider that actually. I had a whole, we had like a mind geek summit, and one of the topics was locations without showers. Like, you have that has to be taken into consideration if right. it's a location without a shower and it's like an anal scene, like you can't book that place. No, which fair enough, I get that, but. As a producer, finding locations is the hardest part of my job, yeah. um, especially in line with like what the company wants. So they don't always have showers. It's kind of a struggle. I guess you could come like with a with one of those camp showers. Yeah, I mean, and there's some locations I've gone to that have showers. You're like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm nasty as fuck right now, but yeah. no, I oof, I think <laughs> yeah. It looks like the cause and cure for a lot of stuff is in that shower. And I think I'm better <laughs> off. I'll do a hose outside and uh, I can make it home. I got towels in the car to line my seats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more about Ryan's career. We're going to talk about what it's like being married to what we call a civilian woman, which is um somebody who's not in the adult industry. How does that work? And so much more. So hang tight. We'll see you back in one second. It's summer and the world is opening up again. So you may be taking your summer fun on the road. I love so many things about Carob. I love the fact that they have an easy online quiz that curates your vitamin supplements specifically for your needs. But what I really, really love about them is that they deliver your daily vitamin needs in an easy compostable packet. They're super easy to travel with. Everything that you need is right there and you don't ever have to stop taking your vitamins just because you've decided to go on a trip. I just went to Palm Springs with my family and I didn't have to put these big bulky pill bottles in my suitcase. I just grabbed 
five little packets, slid them into my purse, and I was set for the entire week. So I was able to have fun and continue to take care of my health with my Care of Vitamins. And now for 50% off of your first Care of order, you can go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code HOLLY50. That's HOLLY50 for 50% off of your first Care of order. Trust me, guys, this is the easiest way to take care of your health. Taking your vitamins is so incredibly important and Care Of is here to make that so incredibly easy. So make sure that you go to TakeCareOf.com and use code HOLLY50 for your first Care Of order 50% off today. All right, guys, we all have our Achilles heel, so to speak. And if yours happens to be problems with ED, I have two things to tell you. First of all, you're not alone. This is an incredibly common medical condition for so many men. Number two, there is something you can do about it. Oh, and you know what? Maybe I should add in number three that by using RexMD, it can actually be affordable and discreet. So here's how it works. RexMD is an online prescription service that allows you to get access to the meds that you need for your erectile dysfunction problem. All you have to do is go to their website, rexmd.com, fill out a quick medical questionnaire, and a US-based doctor will review your situation and prescribe you generic Viagra if appropriate. Here's the best thing. You can get your generic Viagra for $2 a pill. Do you know that Viagra can normally cost you around $90 a pill? So that is obviously a massive saving. It's fast, simple, and cheap, and you can access your RexMD physician anytime you need afterwards. RexMD makes getting generic and branded Viagra easy. Everything's online, even the prescription, and they deliver straight to your door. No office visits, no talking to a receptionist, super simple. RexMD has helped over 100,000 guys get generic Viagra quickly and conveniently. Starter packs of generic Viagra are now available for our listeners. Just go to rexmd.com slash holly to get started. That's rexmd.com slash holly to get your starter pack of generic Viagra. All right, so tell us about your first like straight mainstream scene that you did. Not the bukkake. I guess the, that's technically the bukkake. I mean, that's the first time I like came on a girl. On a girl scene. and the scene. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, there was no touching interaction. But Where like, was, okay, what was the first scene where it was just you and another woman? You know, the first one was, it was a site and it was, it was the carrot that some of the gay sites gave. Okay. So it was, it's a site that was called Straight Guys for Gay Eyes. Okay. So... It's kind of a lot like the new See Him Fuck, where it's a straight scene, but it's way more focused on the guy. On the guy. Okay. So, so yeah, that was actually my first one. And that one still kind of pops up everywhere. It was with this girl, Ricky White. I mean, it was a weird situation on that one just because it was like, I talked to the company. I was coming in for a massage and, and a jerk off. And then they're like, you know, if you can do that at the end of the week, we'll give you this uh-huh. straight scene. You get to shoot with a girl. They're like, yeah. go into this website. And it was one of the agencies. And they're like. Pick three girls that you'd want. And I was like, I, I don't care. Like, yeah. Like, I'm just happy to do it. But like, don't, yeah. th- I'm not ordering dinner. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you choose for me. Like, whatever. <laughs> so that was, that was the first one there. But, um, and it was super easy because, and like I said, because it was focused, I guess, on me. Like, it was a totally different experience mm-hmm. than like the first one I did. First, like, real, real one was, um, what do they call it? Fuck team five for bang. Is that the reality or bang bros? Mm. Um, and they picked me off of Craigslist. I responded to the ad and three girls running around town and they were kind of like, like the, the setup was like they were running around town and they would eat, they'd pick up a guy and all three of them would have sex with them. And then they would just cast him aside. Mm-hmm. So I, they picked me up. They had a limo that they were running around and the limo driver was one of the talent. Like he was the last guy that they picked up mm-hmm. in their situation. But um, yeah, they, they picked me up in this limo off of Ventura and like Witset. And we drove around for a minute, them all kind of hyping up and teasing super hot in the middle of the summer in a limo with I was ju- three people. Oh my God, dude. Old school lights. I shot a fucking girl, girl scene with Ivy Wolf and oh, what was the girl's name? Fuck. I forget the girl's name. Lily something. At least I think it was Ivy Wolf. I think it was. Anyways. And it was in a limo in the summer in 
Yeah, it was yeah. horrible. Yeah. They oh. were drenched afterwards. Oh, we were all drenched. It was awful. And that I was... hate shooting in cars, by the way. It's yeah. the worst. No, no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember having sex in cars in high school and being like, this is terrible. I can't wait to have sex like in a real bed. Yeah, like, yeah. Not be jammed in here. Yeah. And now there's not just... It was Penny Flame, Jessica Candy, and Jessica Lynn were the three girls. Um, the director guy was in there. Sound, like I said, all the lights... So like we're just crammed in this thing and like and you can't run the air room. conditioning while you're filming because of the sound. No. Yeah. No. It's I, yeah. Couldn't do anything. Not that the air conditioning could have done anything with yeah. all of us on top of one another. And I mean, we did all right, but like it was getting down to a point where it's like, all right, time to come. And it was taking so long that it was. Um, Penny Flame had kind of like nudged Jessica Candy to say it. She was just like, "All right, it's going to be a, a contest to see who can come first and loser." whatever is going to happen. And like by the skin on my teeth, I came and then they dumped me out in the parking lot in this Ralph's or pavilions or whatever it was like grocery store parking lot, middle of the day, naked. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, took off and they went 20 feet, cut the cameras and I was yeah. like, dude, get in the car and get dressed right now. All right. Oh and we'll God. go back to the house and we'll pay you and yeah, and be good. So, so I am not for one. that gorilla style of shooting that I've had clients try to get me like to do like hitchhiking scenes on the street or like any like non nude stuff, but out in like a public place. And I'm like, Mm-mm. yeah, I've I'm done. not. I'm only working in a controlled space because like I've had fucking run ins with the cops and shit and I'm not getting into that. Yeah, no, I've done I've done so many where like, yeah, they picked us up on the side of the road or it was that kind of like set up and whatnot. Only a couple of times has been like in the car actually driving around. Yeah. Town. Yeah. But it's always kind of like, oh, pick up. And then we're back at standard house number four. Yeah. In the valley that yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. shoots at. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, you said that like you had, used to take a long time to come. Do you feel like you've over, overcome that? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, there's a couple And like, of- how did you, like, how do you manage that? Because that, that's the thing that like, that's one of the struggles with being a male yeah. performer. It's not just about, cause guys are like, oh, I could stay hard all day. I'm like, it's not just that. No. You have to come on cue. Yeah. That's not easy. No, no, that's, it's not easy. That's the hardest part. Cause it is like you fight the urge to come for 20, 40, an hour, three mm-hmm. hours, depending on like what the scene is, what's going on with it. If it's how are they shooting it? Um, which is awesome. And not at the same time. And then to tell your body like, okay, now, <laughs> now this is for real, real, not for play play anymore. Go for it. And body's like, hold on. No, we've been, we've been blocking this off. Like we're done. Like we're just chilling. So <laughs> it's like the boy who cried wolf. Yeah, so it's like there's. <laughs> Penis just doesn't believe you. Yeah, it's like you're a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> you even just faked it for that softcore one over there. No, 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 no. We're not falling for that again. Um, but yeah, so it's it's something kind of depends on the situation. There's a lot where a couple of people work with now, even they kind of know, and they're in the same boat as ex-performers or, or performers themselves, where they know it's kind of like okay, he's going to take two minutes, lie down, just to kind of like cool, let the blood come back out of his legs, kind of catch his breath again. And then we'll be good to go and we're mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. But um, virtual reality was a lot of the training. Oh, you fell asleep Once. on Bunny Colby's scene. Did she tell you? Yes, yeah. she did on the podcast. Okay, so. I forgot that. Was- <laughs> yeah, that's the, that is the one time that has ever happened. I woke myself up snoring when it happened. <laughs> But, I mean, you were still hard. That's pretty fucking amazing. Oh, I've had a lot of sex in my sleep, apparently. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I have been I have been told. Um, but uh, Bunny has one of the most soothing, relaxing voices. She does have a very soft voice. She does. And and the setup for it was it was like, I mean, great. We're in this house that I shot at like, I mean, I shot 10 scenes there in like two months. And then the house just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The bed was really comfortable and the whole setup was like I was in visiting from out of town and she kind of set up like, I hope you're really enjoying your vacation. But just this soft, gentle touch as I'm lying on my back on this bed and she's <laughs> like, it felt great. But at the same time, it was just like, oh, this is so nice. And then I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and the whole crew who's behind my head with the camera, like right there, they were just like, <laughs> <laughs> like 
oh, I feel so bad because <laughs> I've heard stories of performers falling asleep during like various scenes, non VR scenes. And I was like, no, no, like I, I would never do that. And I, it happened. It happened. That's OK. But yeah, we, we forgive you. Yeah. I was like, I felt so bad, <laughs> but at least I was so hard for it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was the virtual reality. Like I had my training having to be dead silent from before anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can't have sex in a tent mm-hmm. 20 yards from or 20 feet from youth at least 14 to 21 right uh, b- uh, boy scouts yeah right gotcha yeah. so you learn how so, to be sneaky on the down low yeah so the sneaky hold your breath i'm a swimmer can hold my breath breathe through my ears whatever kind of joke come up with there but um but yeah i was doing that and then because a lot of the old school vr was no hands no sound no nothing so i've always known like where a lot of like the good spots on me were to kind of like trigger mm-hmm and and how to focus on that or adversely how to like remove that spot from being triggered so that I could last longer. Right. Um, so kind of learning how to come on command or not learning how to come on command, but not like hold up 20, 30 minutes mm-hmm. trying to come mm-hmm. <laughs> was like, OK, if we kind of move this way and trigger that and we just focus on that one spot there, like we know we're good to go. Yeah. So so that yeah. helps a lot. It's all about knowing your body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your wife. Yeah. Uh, you are married to, as I mentioned before, what we call a civilian, which is somebody who doesn't work in the adult industry. And a lot of people have, first of all, a hard time wrapping their head around the idea that somebody who has sex for a living could have a relationship with anybody, whether it be somebody outside of the industry or another person in the industry. So how does that dynamic work for you two? A magic. <laughs> <laughs> No idea. Um, Because, yeah, it was it was always a challenge before I met her uh, with people, like you said, inside, outside the industry. I think natural human Mm -hmm. nature is territory. Um, Animal instincts are still going to be territorial. But um, while she is a civilian, I say she is civilian light. Mm, Civilian light. So (laughs) while we are very much so monogamous, um, she works in reality TV. Mm -hmm. So. By doing that, she knows, you know, it's not like I was flirting with Lisa Ann. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, well, we should just roll the camera and do this. You're like, Mm -hmm. let's go. It's like I didn't pick her up or anything like that. Like, you hire me. I show up to a set. And it's like, by the way, today you're with Lisa Ann and Brett Rossi. And it's going to be over here in this barn stable. And make it look good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. which is kind of like what she's doing with Love Island. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it's that what like, she's working on? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the ones she's working on. So, yeah. I mean, anybody who's worked in reality TV, my like short stint in it for my Playboy yeah. TV show was like, none of that shit's real. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's real. It's just scripted, scripted reality. It's, it's, it's kind of nudged in the right direction. Right. It's like, we know how to do it. There, there was an awesome, the first season was awesome. Um, scripted show, fully scripted, but it was from one of the original producers of The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. She wrote it, and it was called Unreal. Mm-hmm. So you kind of saw the producers getting in like The Bachelor contestants' ears, and just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I can't believe like that girl's talking shit. And it's just like she was, and goes up, just flips a table, and it's just like, oh, because they knew how to like get in people's head to kind of yeah do that. But otherwise, like, I mean, for instance, like I met my wife when she put me on the Inner Matchmaker. Oh, that's how you guys met. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, she really went through and got the types that the millionaire was looking to to date mm-hmm. um, and knew kind of like personalities and interviewed all of us. So she really was playing matchmaker. But like in my episode, I walk in um, and the girl that they were trying to pair me up with didn't know if she wanted to be with the guy or a girl. Okay. She'd been really burned by the ex-husband or boyfriend, whatever he was, and remembers kind of fondly her time with women in college. Mm-hmm. So when they had us do introductions, they were like, yeah, it's going to be him and her. We can like, I just know it's going to be those two if she goes for a guy. And as soon as I walked up, I could just tell it was like, oh, you don't want, you, you don't want a guy. Like, <laughs> like, like you're, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> It was a pleasure. I hope you enjoy the rest of the party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you meet everybody else because there's 20 of us here to, to meet you. And 
And I dipped over to the side and continued to flirt with my now wife. Wow. Um, not when we started, though. Like, yeah. It took a couple of years because that was I left that weekend for New York where I met my Lord D. And that whole thing started for like two years. Mm-hmm. And my wife met someone else kind of right there that she started seeing. So, right. um, so it was kind of a perfect storm. But that was kind of where it happened. But yeah, so it was like the reality. So how, yeah, I mean, so just basically take me through like how, you know, I mean, when you guys first started dating, you were doing porn. Mm-hmm. Was she kind of like, okay, like, did she know what she was getting into when she first started? And think, was think, it rough at the beginning? No, because when we started, we started hanging out before Laura and I broke up. Mm-hmm. And... Well, no, I'm sorry. We didn't start. Like we were, least, we were hanging out with mutual friends, um, and there wasn't really any flirting. But I think we were both kind of on each other's radars. Mm-hmm. So she, my wife, was leaving to go visit another guy. She was kind of seeing, um, and Laura and I had just broken up. Like my friend had kind of dropped that bomb on my mm-hmm. wife, and um, she was like, "You know, it was just kind of like." Well, fuck <laughs> yeah all right and i was like well good okay um she's gone for a couple of weeks at least i'm gonna go enjoy being newly single fully for a couple of weeks and kind of chill and just kind of see it was like i'm not looking to get in a relationship so my wife got back into town and she sent out like a tweet i didn't even have her number but with the group that we were hanging out with she sent out a tweet she was like all right i'm still on overseas time who wants to go grab a drink and i just wrapped Babes.com was like brand, brand, brand new. Mm-hmm. And I was shooting two a days for them, like five days a week, just so they could stockpile content. Right. So I was leaving way out in the valley, like Simi Valley area. And Ed saw the tweet and I was just like, oh, she's back. Oh, she's a drink. Yeah, I'll come, I'll come have a drink. <laughs> like, what's <laughs> up? I was like, yo, me, what's up? So Did, was there a shower at the location? There was a shower at the location. Okay. <laughs> I did take a shower. Um, yeah. So we went, we met up at a local bar that we always hung out at and had a drink and just hung out talking. And she was like, all right, well, this is happening. We're not telling anybody. This is just a booty call situation. Cause she, I think cause she knew what she was getting into. Mm-hmm. She didn't know it was just coming from set that day. Mm-hmm. So we were booty calls for, and I was like, that's fine. Not looking for a relationship. Just got out of one not looking for any of that i'm gonna have some fun um so she texted and just bc like naked tuesday what's up let's go do something i was like yeah i can i can meet up later i got work today and she's like oh you probably don't want to you probably don't want to then i was just like i don't think you understand i'm 10 times more horny when i leave work like yeah if if that was a thing you and i would never have hooked up like not yeah yeah, just every time we've hooked up she figured you could like you could only go once a day right but, but I was like, no, when I leave that. set because I just teased myself for however long. Like, yeah, yeah I still came, but it was still a tease. Like, yeah. no, and I it's like, it's fun. work. You got to open up to camera. You got to stop for lighting positions. You got to like, not like eat all of her makeup off. Right. It's, it's work. Right. My job is to be Vanna White, make mm-hmm. the girl look good and show her off. Yes. Doing yes. everything. So now I want to get mine. So, yeah. So I told her, I was like, oh, no. Every time we've hooked up, I have also worked that day. I was like, I've always showered and everything. She was like, <laughs> she was like oh, okay, good. Cool. <laughs> this is going to work. So we just kept going. And at first she did admit that she started watching some of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first started, I had just been cast as Christian Grey mm-hmm. in that parody that mm-hmm. Universal took down. Yeah, I was like, I remember that not happening because... Oh, it happened. It went live. I have a couple of theories as to what happened, uh, and um, which is a fun story, too. But uh, she was reading the book, and she burned the book. Uh-huh. She's like, I now can't get past Yeah, that I'm seeing you as that person, but that's not me that's with him in that book. And, okay, I just can't look at it. Right. So now it's just one of those, like... Daughter, like, heading off to work. She's like, cool. Don't want to know the details. Mm-hmm. She's fine. But she's come to AVN. She's come to Exoticas. She's. So do you guys still have that situation where, like, you go and you do a scene and you don't t- you don't talk about it? Yeah. I mean, I can talk 
I just like I can talk about it. I can let her know. And like there's times if somebody calls me like, hey, just want to let you know my test just came back with gonorrhea. So mm-hmm. I was like, of course, let her know. She's right. Like, All right. Fuck. But yeah, part of the nature. Right. But at the same time, like I can't sit down and watch my scenes. Yeah. Like we're not sitting down and popping in. Right. Right. House volume, whatever. Right. So it's just it's very much like a job. And then you come back and then you're with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine that you would come home. I mean, I guess it's it's not really the same for me, but sort of the same for me. Like when I do a shoot, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll come home and my husband will be like, how was your day? And I won't be like, oh, man, like it was great. First, like I shot blowjob and then there was like the doggy and then like she was really into it. I'll be like, oh, it was fine. And that, but if there's like a funny story to tell, you know, yeah. I'd be like, oh my God, this happened. The bed broke. Like you won't believe like, yeah. then obviously I'm going to tell them that story. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's something like if it was a particularly rough day for whatever various reason, you can yeah. like, like, I was like, oh yeah, no, super long day. We were out in this, it was supposed to be a farm for justice league, but it was a landfill and oh god i heard so many stories about that movie yeah yeah that was was really rough so fun (laughs) 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 my rate for that movie uh sex tuppled because of all the reshoots and days and everything they yes like that's how bad it went yes i feel Um, like maybe you were the one who told me about all of those reshoots because you guys had I remember hearing about like a ton of reshoots. This is for Justice League, by the way. It's an Axel Braun parody, if you guys are wondering what we're talking about. That was good, but it was, um, it wasn't Axel, but there was another production person that was just terrible with the scheduling. Mm -hmm. So, and some of it was like they wanted me as Clark Kent to be with a full beard, like month or two of growth doing this thing. And then for Superman, very clean cut. Yeah. So it's like, it was supposed to be two days. Day one, Clark Kent. Day two, Superman. So day one was Clark Kent. And we shot the indoor dinner scene at the landfill (laughs) first. While the two girls that are in a massive amount of weight makeup. August Ames is in like a 20-pound hair whiff. Sorry, like a, I think it was like 70 pounds or something. Because it was like 12 feet long. Uh Uh-huh. Like this wig with all the makeup and everything. Just sitting outside, chilling in like the 90-degree humid because there was all these ponds and everything nearby. And just sitting there waiting for this indoor dinner scene that could have been filmed anywhere. Because uh, they had to black out the windows. Yeah. Um, before we could shoot the outdoor farm sequence where the two girls come out of space to talk me back into being Superman. Uh-huh. Um, and then the next day was this giant setup with like some of the biggest names in porn at that time. Rami Range, Charles Dara, Xander Corvus... Charlotte Stokely, like, like all of us, costumes aren't finished. People are just sitting there. Like I, I told him at like midnight, I was like, I'm driving to Vegas in the morning. I've got a double day with Naughty for VR for two days, three days. So I'm out at one because I need some sleep and I got to drive. And it's not cool to expect. Yeah, that's a way to happen with yeah, another yeah. person. So it's like, unless you want to cancel, pay the two scenes I'm going to lose, plus the hotel I'm going to lose, and call them to be like, hey, we're sorry, we're holding him hostage. Yeah. I was like, but yeah, you can't. So um, that's the hardest thing about shooting a feature, man. It's the scheduling. I mean, I when yeah. I used to shoot features, we used to do index cards and write like the scenes on the index cards and the different dialogue things. And then with the actors' names, the location, and then we'd kind of arrange it. Like yeah. in terms of like, okay, we're at the location this day. Let's put all these index cards together. Um, this person's available. Like it was, it was literally like a puzzle we had I, to figure out. It yeah. was, it was hard. I mean, I, I did it with my camp yeah. scheduling where all the boats were going, where all the kids were going. Yeah. I was production for Laura when she was launching men.com. Mm-hmm. Helping her do some of that. I, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love those days with, like, I still love those days with Axel and I still have fun with, with a lot of that stuff, it was just like, I mean, I have a string of texts that were just like, dude, this should have been yeah, kind of better scheduled with this for that, for this, for that. Um, so part of like the rescheduling was we had to redo the whole day because we never got to the outdoor scene with the two girls and I at the farm right. because a rave broke out at the same place for the weekend. That's what I remember. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, there was that plus the girls are just they're like heat strokes sitting outside in their costumes for yeah. eight hours waiting for the, everything oh to happen. God. So, and Jessa was the other girl and she was taken off for England for a month to go shoot with, um, 
digital and browsers out there. So it's like, well, she's going to be gone. I have to grow up my beard because tomorrow's Superman. So that's going to take at least a month. <laughs> um, and then when like we didn't get to my part because the Superman costume wasn't finished, we had to do a lot of tweaks to it um, for the big standoff sequence with Rami Rain and all those people I listed. Like when I look and I just estimate off of what little I know of people's rates, I'm like, it was a $10,000 talent scene. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. Not to mention location and the yeah. rest of the crew and everything. So I looked at Axel and I was like, listen, my stuff's not here. You're shooting a lot of stuff with them. I'm like, it's a standoff. Don't get the wide. Yeah. Just do singles. Yeah. And, you know, kind of a general over the shoulder. Yeah. Of somebody or something like you blur it. So you can't tell it's not Superman. Yeah. But that way you don't have to worry about bringing back those six for us three. Yeah. To get all this going. Um, I did do something like that for my shoot with the digital playground um, fucking nightmare movie that I had to shoot that Netflix happened to cover that one day (laughs) when we all cried at the end. Me and Jada Stevens broke down in tears at the end of the day. (laughs) It was so rough. Oh, yeah, we had to shoot like it was a group scene and they were talking and we had to shoot like singles and we had to fake the whole thing. I mean, fucking camera magic. Thank God. I mean, it was it was something I just remember getting a call from the, the production manager like three weeks later, there was like, Hey, so if you happen to be in town and want to swing by the hustler studio, we're doing the superhero shots that day. And I was like, bro, I work like 15, 20 days a month out in Vegas doing all this VR stuff. I can't guarantee that I'm going to be there without pay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we ended up doing the whole like standoff sequence and brought in Ben Hoffman to the superhero shots. Mm-hmm. It was amazing with those. And yeah, we didn't get the wide shot, which I laughed about so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, they had you all there. They brought us all back. And then they didn't get the wide they shot. They didn't use the wide shot. So like <laughs> a couple of us were just laughing. Like, I actually want that. And he was like, no, I think we're good. And it was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to fuck my circus, not my monkeys. I'm, I'm just here. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> no, no. Oh I mean, like God. I said, they needed me there for the superhero shots. They needed me there for my side of it. It was just like the other whatever it was five or six from there on the other side of that. I was kind of like, well, they got their other hero shots. So at least it's worth it for that. But, yeah. But it was just like, yeah. All right. Uh, so one last question for you uh, before we wrap up, um, you've been a voice for the porn industry through your interviews for several mainstream publications, including GQ and vice. What do you wish more people understood about this industry? I wish what I always try and really like come across that is we're here because we want to be here and we're successful because we take it professionally. Like we have fun with it. Don't get me wrong. Like I'll joke all day long about it and, and have fun with it, but it's so hard when so much of the mainstream stuff seems like it can only sell anything it covers on the industry as long as it looks like we're a bunch of down and out on our last strings, it was this or suicide almost essentially. And you can't like, they can't depict the industry without it being a terrible thing, Mm -hmm. which I know is what the majority of the public is always going to kind of look at. Like, yeah, that's what's going to sell most headlines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to cater to, yeah, it caters to the narrative that most people accept and understand. Right. Yeah. It's like, I know that we're never going to convince the Mormons and, and mm-hmm. whatnot that like, we're like, you had no problem with me for the last three weeks when we've been hanging out doing this. And so it's yeah. like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. No. Oh, you are the devil. <laughs> 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 like, all right, cool. Do your thing. But, um, yeah, it's like the ones I see, especially in the industry, it's like the ones that seem to be the most successful are the ones that do take it very professional and either have a very well balance between party and play or like work and, and play or play is not really part of their vocabulary, mm-hmm. which I think is more in my yeah. own where it's not necessarily I'm saying I'm not successful with it. I mean, I'm still here. I don't know how I'm still here, but I'm still here. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like I've never done Coke. I don't do drugs. I barely drink in this year. 
at all in general. And I've never been a heavy drinker to begin with. Um, and it's like, I show up to set and I want to be camera ready at all time. I mean, it's, I tell it to all the new people all the time, like be camera ready at any moment because you could get that call from the company you've been trying to get in with. That's like, how soon can you get to set? We need somebody mm-hmm. now. That's yeah. how I got my foot in the door in a lot of places. So it's like, I want to be camera ready, ready to go professional like you said one of those ones that's not creepy that's not pulling some stunt where people are kind of skeezed out don't want you there i show up i try to be as helpful and compliant with directors as they want because they i can't see what the camera's getting i'm trying Mm -hmm. to get it i still don't understand half of it it's like we're gonna go into doggy i'm like where do you want my head (laughs) (laughs) 15 years later, I'm still like, which way am I facing for this? Because <laughs> I, I know I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> um, so it's like, so a lot of us do that. And we probably are your neighbors that you don't realize that you'd like hanging out with and that we're good people, genuinely, and not what the media has to depict. So I always be very careful with my words not to be where you can cut it out and frankenbite it, if you will. Yeah. So that all of a that, sudden it becomes that is that is I've had that happen to me. Oh yeah, where people have like cut up what I've said and make it sound like something I never said. It's I, it's a struggle all the time. I watch everybody yeah. in the industry get so excited about oh we just did this thing for Netflix or this thing for Hulu or this thing with uh, this movie that they're going to produce and it's mm-hmm. going to be all about us and it's all going to be in a good light. And like I actually had a fight with one of the reality casting agencies when they were casting something that I think was going to be almost like an MTV True Life or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, be very, I posted very publicly. I was like, be very careful what you say and do with these people because while they want it to be good, it, it won't sell unless they spin it to be mm-hmm. very bad. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's not always like the producer, like boots on the ground person's choice. No. You know what I mean? A lot of times, like they may be your ally, they may be on your yeah. side, they may want to cast you in a certain light, but like when it gets into the editing room and the people who are like really in charge take a hold of the footage, like they can't. Right. They can't do anything. Right. So it's not even like the people that you're working directly with that you have to be cautious of. It's no the people higher up the chain. Yeah. It's like if you want to, I mean, I guess almost an example using mainstream stuff. It's like if you look at Justice League versus Zack Snyder's Justice League, it's mm-hmm. like you have what they wanted it to be and you have what they released because the production team outside of everybody that was on set and that was involved with that went, no, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And it's not what the original vision was supposed to be and like i said with casting yeah it's like yeah they're trying to get people and do this and they're trying to build this up and and it's almost like almost without fail every time i watch it just be it gets cut up so that we look so bad yeah but it's what sells unfortunately yeah well ryan thank you so much for coming on it was such a pleasure to see you again my pleasure always um can you tell everybody where they can find you online uh i like to think i'm pretty easy you can find me I'm at Ryan Driller on Instagram and Twitter. And I have my links there for the OnlyFans, which is also just at Ryan Driller. Um, my fleshlight dildo that's up there. And the first uh, straight fleshlight yeah. dildo, man. So I was the first one <laughs> with uh, with Mick and Manuel right right there. I mean, we all got molded and everything at the mm-hmm. same time. But yeah, we, uh, we were all the first batch of the straight guys to get released. Cool. Well, they figured out, trying to figure out how to work that for us. Which is <laughs> funny. It's funny. I laugh. Fantastic. And you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, my TikTok is still up. I don't know how long it's going to be there for. I know I say that every time, but I'm constantly like convinced I'm going to be deleted. But for now, go to Holly Randall Unfiltered um, on TikTok. Of course, if you want to support the show, and watch these interviews live streamed. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Thank you guys so much for joining me and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my show and want to support it, I ask that you take the time to rate and review my podcast. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU and you'll automatically be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports and then be led to the place where you can rate my show. Five stars, of course, and leave your glowing review. Okay, it doesn't have to be glowing, but you know, say something nice. 
You can also financially support this show through my Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where you get so many perks for your support. Things such as early releases and live recordings of my interviews, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, autographed copies of my photography books, free access to my private Snapchat and not-safe-for-work website hollyrandall.com, and my bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life. Also, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash hollyrandallunfiltered, and you can watch the video versions of these interviews at youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Oh, and of course, sign up for my newsletter at hollyrandallunfiltered.com and get all the info on upcoming guests and special projects. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting my podcast in whatever way that you can.